Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Thank you for joining us today. We are smack dab in the middle of a series on hospice. Um, Every single time I've had my friend and colleague join me, Amy Davis, who is with me this morning. Thank you for being with me and sharing your expertise. You work for hospice, yes? Yes, I work for Zussman Hospice. Zussman Hospice. Tell us all about Zussman. Uh, Zussman is a a small non-for-profit hospice here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And we are a Jewish faith-based hospice company. So everything we do is based in the values of Jewish faith. It doesn't mean you have to have that faith to work with us or to be our patient, but it's just our foundation and it's strong. And you're part of the Wexner Heritage Village campus. Correct. Place, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You have all kinds of things over there. What do you, take a minute and plug (laughs) Wexner. What do you have besides hospice? Yeah, Wexner is amazing. It's a full campus that has a full continuum of care. So everything from assisted living to memory care, rehab, dialysis, and then when you need it, um, we have hospice and you have, we have skilled, we can, if you're here for rehab and you have to go home with skilled therapy, we've partnered with Capital and mm-hmm. Capital does all of our skilled services for us. We do. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Our topic today is the dying process. That sounds dreadful, but it's not going to be dreadful. It's not going to be dreadful. I promise you that. So I'm going to read you a little definition. This is the dying process is a period of time when the body begins to shut down and prepare for death. It's an important period of time for the dying person and their loved ones during which they can express their feelings and show their love. It's a time of preparation for the dying person and their loved ones who must get ready for the inevitable loss. So we're not really going to, when we talk about, when I say we're going to talk about the dying process, not so much the mechanical Mm -hmm. actual shutdown of the body, although there is much to be said for that, right? Um, And there is a process that we go through. Um, Your hospice nurse will help you understand all of that um, and prepare you for that. I've got some statements here, Amy, and as soon as I can find one, I'm going to throw it at you and and see what you have to say about this as being part of the dying process. So the first one is tips for interacting with the dying person. Hospice helps you understand that. I would think a huge tip, um, and there's science behind it, is that you can hear the last like system to shut down in a human body is the, the is it oratory? Is that how you say it? Auditory. Auditory. Your hearing. Uh-huh. Um, so even if That's interesting. Yeah. Your mom or dad or loved one can't open their eyes and they can't talk back to you or maybe they can't even squeeze your hand, they can hear you. So and I have like if do you have to have time for a quick story? Of course. We okay. love stories. <laughs> Wonderful. I had a gentleman who came into the Arzusman house, and he was in a coma. When he came in, um, we hardly knew anything about him. We tracked down a daughter, and he was so in a coma, he wasn't, you know, he didn't open his eyes, he didn't eat, he didn't drink, he was just... Totally non-responsive. Totally non-responsive. Okay. We tracked down um, his daughter, who unfortunately at the time in her life um, had made some 
rough decisions and she was in prison. I reached out to the prison and spoke with the warden, got a hold of this daughter and explained, you know, we have your father. This is what's happening. Oh, my gosh. Um, But we want to give you, you know, the chance to talk to him. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, we couldn't get a release to come and see us. But I took my cell phone in, and my um, director of nursing, uh, Talitha, went with me. And I didn't know quite what to expect. But I had her on speakerphone, and I'm like, I'll use a name, Jenny. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Jenny, your dad's here. Go ahead and talk to him. So she starts talking about they had a rough relationship and that she forgave him. And she's turning her life around, and this is what's happening with oh, grandson and he started to cry and both my director of nursing and myself we fell to our knees and we were crying it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen so I know that they can hear you and he couldn't tell her anything back but I was able to tell her this is what's happening and he hears you and he is you're with him. Yeah. Like, oh it was God. That is an amazing, amazing story. It is. And, you know, I know we're not talking about Alzheimer's, but, you know, that's my passion. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Alzheimer's when your loved ones aren't responsive and you don't think that they're understanding. A little thing called emotional memory, mm-hmm. right, that you can tap into. So don't stop talking to people, mm-hmm. right? Um, this says being with a dying person can make many people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You might find yourself wondering what to say and what not to say. Your fears about death might surface, making the experience seem more scary than special. Be assured that many people have had these same struggles, and you are not unusual in wondering what is the right thing to be doing or saying or feeling Absolutely, with this dying person that I love. Yeah, and sometimes, too, loved ones... Um, you might just need a break. And I think people really judge themselves harshly or hold themselves under a really heavy standard of, like, I have to do this and I have to be here. No. Like, if you need to step away and you need a break, like, we can step in. Like, you don't have to take it all on your own. We're going to be right there with you. Yeah. Um, I remember in my, in a family situation where I had a cousin who was dying. That exact thing happened. And um, basically, my family was ready to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, my cousin is actually dying, and he needed us to act more like sane people than a bunch of crazed <laughs> nuts. But emotions are high, um, and it, Dying doesn't come with a manual, right? You, you probably, even if you've experienced it before, you haven't experienced it with this loved one or these particular relatives. And I remember hospice coming in and saying, I think maybe y'all all need a break. Mm-hmm. And and there was a lot of resistance, you know. Some of us argued. Not me. I never argued. <laughs> but some of us argued. Um, but at the end of the day, what we got was a break, and it was much needed, and we came back refreshed with some perspective and acting like we actually had some homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So, and I know my family's not the only crazy one out there. No. (laughs) So um, family dynamics can make you or break you. And there might be a need just to step back and take a deep breath and say, wait a minute. (laughs) And dynamics almost always come into play. And like you said, emotions are very raw and they're at the surface. Heck yeah. So, if someone is always like a leadership 
type role in the family, they might be trying to take charge. Yeah. But then you might have another sibling or like, no, this is my mom too. Like back off. And someone who's been more meek might really kind of raise up a uh-huh. little bit. That That is all true. I mm-hmm. saw all of that in my crazy family. <laughs> um, the next one is caring for the dying loved one. So there are types of care, I think of mouth care, mm-hmm. that someone who's dying needs, and you don't necessarily know how to do it. So what about that? Yeah, you're in the, your RN case manager and your aides will help train you how to do that. And things like maybe getting like a bed bath and things like you don't have to, um, if you are still able to walk and move around, um, we'll help you with your showers. Like sometimes families think they're going to have to take on all of that and they don't. We'll do a lot of that heavy lifting. Um, but things like even like personal care, you know, that can be really hard for families to do um, for their loved ones. So sometimes we recommend bringing in like private duty sure. to help you with that. So, and, and here's what I want to say. Um, I love what you just said. You don't have to take it all on. I always say if we could ever get out of our own ways, mm-hmm. you know, we're our own worst enemies. Um, but maybe what you want to do is be the caregiver and that's the, your way of expressing love. Or maybe you want to be the mom or the Mm -hmm. daughter or the husband or the cousin. And that doesn't involve being the caregiver. And that is perfectly okay. That's one of the benefits of letting hospice into your life. You get the freedom just to be the loved one. Um, So it just depends on. Yeah. And sometimes too, if a family is in a spot where they can't, like basically they can't, they, they'll tell it, we can't do this. This is breaking us. Maybe they, and this is okay. Like maybe they need professional help. So maybe something like helping them move to Scioto Gardens is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we'll help arrange all that and we'll help, you know, transport your loved one to either an assisted living or a, a skilled nursing home. Sure. Depending on where they are in the process and what they need. And there's no guilt in that or shame in that if you can't do it. Like, that's, it's okay. It's okay. And the other thing is, I think the point is, when you choose hospice, it doesn't mean that's your last choice. No. There are going to be lots of other choices that you're actively making. It ain't over till it's over, um, as they say. And hospice just helps you get through it in a different way. This other thing says anticipating grief. One woman described waiting for her husband to die as waiting for a tsunami to hit. She knew the loss would be great, and she would be grieved terribly once he was gone. What she didn't realize is that the grieving had already begun. Grieving probably started the day she heard her husband's diagnosis. It isn't a substitute for grieving after death, but it does give you opportunities for closure. So this whole idea, you know, part of the dying process is getting your head and heart and mind around grief mm-hmm. and understanding that it's a process too, and it's not going to start the moment they die. You're probably already way into it when you know that that's going to happen. Yeah, and I think too, like you brought up before, like one of your like soft spots in your heart is like for people with dementia. Yes. I think those families in particular grief twice because they lose 
their oh, loved yes. ones twice. And sure. that is an, a, a horrible disease. It is. That families have to go through it. And it's a different kind of grief. cycles. Right? Yeah. And the, what you experience when they're here and then what you experience when they're gone. And you just need to give yourself permission to hurt mm-hmm. and to be human and to work through things. And hospice is, is crucial in that because um, they give you direction because mm-hmm. um, they know. They've seen it. And, and, and even though we think, and as much as we say, it's all individual and unique, but we share so much more than differentiates us. So the grieving process, you know, there's three or four different ways that people experience it, and that's it. So you're, if you, you know, if you get the opportunity to get in a group, a counseling group mm-hmm. or a support group, um, and you think that would be helpful, take it because you're going to find out that your journey is not as unique yeah. as you think. And I think too, take the time to meet with your social worker because you might think, no, I don't need it. I'm, I'm okay. Everything's fine. But meet with them, you know, have that one-on-one time so they can help get you ready for what's coming yeah and to let you know that what you're feeling is so normal and a few weeks ago in our podcast you said um something about grief like oh when is she going to get over it yeah you know her husband died three months ago come on already Uh like that is absolutely ridiculous yeah like there is no timeline on grief ever no you absolutely and people that have lost someone that they love know this Mm -hmm. so and we also talked about empathy and staying out of judgment yeah we should really take this opportunity when someone that we we know or that we love is dying to really work hard to stay out of judgment agreed let things be and respect people's decisions so here's another one part of the dying process it says um, learning to talk to a dying friend or loved one. People don't know what to say. Um, what do you say to a dying person? That question can cause you a lot of anxiety and may even be an excuse for you not to visit. Mm. What do you say to that? Oh, that's a good one. Um, there's no rule book on, on what to say. No manual. There's huh? no manual. Um, I do think we've spoke about... If there's anything that needs to be forgiven or mended, now is the time because you won't get another chance. Um, For regular people, like if I was passing away and you came to see me, you would talk to me about things we've done or remember that funny conversation or I'm going to play that song that I love for you. And just be their friend. Just be normal. Yeah. Um, You you don't have to be like, I'm so sorry this is, you know, happening to you. They know it's happening. Right. Like, And the dying person will appreciate you trying to be as normal as possible. I mean, you've got to be honest and keep it real. Yes. But nobody expects you to come in with all the right things to say or or solutions or great words of wisdom. Sometimes just being there. Yeah. You know, sometimes just... I go back to empathy and what Brene Brown teaches us. It's not all, well, you don't have to know what to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just be there. Just, just show be up. There. Show up. Be mm-hmm. in the moment, right? Um, and you brought us right into our topic of our next podcast, is which is the four things that matter most. And we're going to talk about how to say goodbye 
to someone at the end of life. So we hope you tune in in a couple of weeks for that. Um, In the meantime, we appreciate you tuning in for this podcast. Hope you learned a little something. Until next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.